0: Hello, my name is Janelle and welcome to the Genuinely Janelle podcast. I believe everyone's stories, including my own, matters. Stories help me gain a better understanding of myself, the world, and connects me with other people. So I hope through the stories of my life and the conversations I have with others, you will one day find the confidence and courage in your voice to share your story. Now, let's hear a story. I have one of my best friends, Mary Yale, as my guest speaker today. And as a disclaimer, due to COVID, as well as the physical distance between us, we are recording remotely through Zoom. So the audio quality may not be exactly the same, but the content of the podcast is still A1. So please continue listening to the very end.
1: Anyways,
0: Marielle, feel free to introduce yourself.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you, Janelle, for that lovely introduction. My name is Marielle. I am 24, and I am currently in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's the little distance barrier we have going on for us. I was born and raised here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I moved to San Diego for college, which is how Janelle and I met. And then I moved back last year after graduating and have just been figuring out and navigating life ever since yep she's living that post-grad
0: life in georgia which is so far from here this (laughs) is very far yeah and before we actually started officially recording we were talking about how different it is to introduce ourselves because when we were in college we had literally different introductions based off our setting like we had our student life and leadership introduction we had our presidential introduction we had our peer leadership consultant introduction then we had just like (laughs) the general professional (laughs) introduction so it's like anytime you saw our heard Mary Ellen and I, we would literally be like, Hi, my name is Janelle and I'm a health communication major, blah, 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 blah. And so like now that we're post grad, it's just kind of like, wait, how do we introduce
1: ourselves? (laughs) So nice too, because literally in every class I feel like we took, it was always like, all right, everyone's gonna go around the room and introduce themselves, say your name, your major, your year, what you're involved with. And so it kind of just morphed itself into an introduction that was just Mm -hmm. easy to live out throughout college, but definitely a lot easier then than now <laughs> <laughs> yeah for
0: sure and Marielle, do you actually want to share what today's podcast episode will be about I told my friends ahead of time that they get to choose the topic and I'm just literally gonna bounce ideas off from them it's kind of similar to how I would just talk to my friends in general if it was like an in-person conversation I usually let my friends lead and then I just like add in stuff or I like I ask questions throughout so Marielle, what did you want to talk about today
1: <laughs> so something a topic that I felt like was pretty relevant to my life currently but also to Janelle's life in the past was when you need to leave a job for mental health purposes or just reaching a point where you realize that a job is no longer healthy for your mental well-being. And especially with everything going on in the world right now with COVID and unemployment and things like that, I do think that all of this is definitely impacting people's mental health and that can often play out in job settings. As well. So, especially with everything going on, it's really important to put your mental health first. Mm
0: -hmm. And I feel
1: like people are kind of discovering that. So, seeing as how relevant it is to my (laughs) life currently, I just kind of wanted to talk about that because I felt like it was prevalent to everything going on. But I know you have experience with it too. And also, both of us are just really big mental health advocates. So, I knew that I wanted the topic to have something to do with mental health just because I think. The more you talk about it, the more you destigmatize it. And that's so exactly.
0: really important. Yeah. And like what's really unique too about Marielle and I is we basically saw each other through the lowest of lows throughout our college experience and even the highest of highs even till now. So I think for this conversation topic, it may be triggering to some people who are listening, but we just want to let you know that you're not experiencing it alone. And the reason why we're sharing this is because we firsthand like are experiencing this or have experienced this. And I think right now, even though Marielle and I are physically. Part we do have like some similar situations in terms of how we're dealing with mental health and our work so like for me i'm currently working remotely ever since california was shut down, and i've and I actually just found out that working remotely is not going to end for me in december it's like ex- it's extended to 2021 but then for you marielle it's like different right because i still interact with people but i am literally just at home talking to my computer screen in a sense but then for you like you're actually out there dealing with people right so how about you share your experience? So I work
1: at Starbucks as a barista and it's been an interesting time to say the least. I want to give some context to this and just remind you that I am in Georgia. <laughs> um, do with that information what you will. Um, but that has definitely played a part in how all of this has unfolded. So basically I it was actually a really interesting situation I flew to England back in February and then I came back and had a like medical thing that I had to take care of so I was out of work for a week after getting back and literally that following Monday my manager called me and was like hey just so you know we're closing down the store cases are just getting too out of control so we need to close down the store and we're a cafe store we're not a drive through store <clears throat> so we don't don't have that added benefit but it was just it was wild like I went from being in England thinking that nothing was wrong to like two weeks later like hey you're gonna be on leave for like a month and a half so it was just absolutely wild and definitely uncertain and when we first came back it was honestly kind of scary I mean when I first came back I was working at a drive through store for a couple of weeks so I wasn't really interacting with people But we were having to wear masks for several hour-long shifts. We were having to do temperature checks. We were having to do this little COVID coach, which basically asks if you have any symptoms or if you've been around anyone who has symptoms. Um, So we started having to incorporate all of these different things into our work routines, including sanitizing every 30 minutes, washing your hands every 30 minutes. And obviously, all of these things were to keep us safe. But it was just such an adjustment Mm -hmm. to go from... From working the way that you're used to to two months off of work to all of a sudden all of these new policies. And then when we moved back to our store, it was an adjustment because at first we were only doing mobile orders. So everything happened outside the store. And then we moved a couple feet into the store. And then we moved a little bit further back into the (laughs) store. And now we're back at the registers where the registers used to be. But we still don't have seating. We don't have any seating on the patio. We don't have our restrooms open. We don't leave Cream and sugar out for people, and as tricky as it's been to navigate all of the changing policies and procedures that we need to follow as an employee, um, what's actually been a bigger challenge is dealing with people's reception of it. Mm. You know, living in a maroon borderline red state, it's a little bit tricky dealing with people who just don't like change in that way. They like things to be the way that they're used to. Especially when you don't believe in the thing that's happening and believe in the reason behind why everything is the way that it is, you can tend to take out your frustrations on people who have no control over any of it. So that's been the most difficult part to deal with for me is just really seeing the customers who see you as a person and the customers who see you as an object there to serve them. So that's definitely been the biggest change that I've noticed with everything going on.
0: Yeah, and that's very interesting too, because you actually interact with people. It's a direct interaction, and you know, with COVID, we've been going through this since March. It actually hasn't really ended, but then people are kind of treating it like it's over when it's really not. In your personal experience, have you dealt with people who just kind of come into the store not caring about wearing a mask or those situations where you've had to really enforce the rules? So much.
1: So luckily for us, it is a policy across the board for Starbucks that you must be wearing a mask within the store. Um, So that's a policy across the board. And partners are protected in the sense that if a person adamantly refuses to wear a mask, we have full authority to kick them out and not serve them. So that is the nice part. But I have definitely had customers get really aggressive about it. I've been cursed out for it. I've had co-workers be cursed out. For it. And so that's just been definitely a challenge. But I think for me, the biggest thing that's helped is just knowing that our company is the one enforcing this. Mm -hmm. So it's not just me with my opinion of like, I think everyone should wear a mask right now. It's actually my company being like, no, if you don't wear a mask in our store, we will not serve you. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, when you tell people to wear a mask, they'll do it especially since we have masks there to give them and the people who are annoyed about it will usually just walk out in a huff which is perfectly fine with me <laughs> but it's definitely the customers who just want to hitch a fit about it and have someone to yell at mm-hmm. that have just been a really fun time
0: <laughs> so how has working amidst this pandemic affected your mental
1: health? So I think in these times it's really hard to separate like external worldly factors that are impacting your mental health and work situations that are impacting your mental health because I just to give an example COVID definitely concerns me I have a nephew who has asthma my dad is 71 years old and often says that if he catches COVID he will die so just having that weight is a lot and definitely adds to this sense of like anxiety in the back of my mind. So there's definitely been that. But I think in terms of work, mental health, it's really hard to not be seen as a person. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to have people take their frustrations out on you with absolutely no remorse or no apologies really about it. And so I've definitely noticed, especially because so many people aren't working right now, we are really, really understaffed, which means those of us that are working are being overworked. Mm -hmm. And it It's tough because you have this sense of burnout from that of not really having a day off to recharge and all of that but it's also tough because while you're dealing with the burnout of being overworked you're also dealing with the anxiety of okay there's this customer walking into my store right now without a mask are they going to be receptive of me asking them to wear a mask or are they going to be aggressive with me about having to wear a mask and constantly having to walk on those mental eggshells of am I going to get cursed at during this shift? Am I going to be told that I'm stupid during this shift? Am I going to be yelled at during this shift? It just makes wanting to go into work really, really challenging even if it's something that you really, really love.
0: Wow, I can only imagine how difficult that can be. Like what you said, this pandemic in general has just affected our mental health because like what you said it's that thought it's like that lingering fear of this is an act this is a serious thing COVID is serious there are people who have had COVID that haven't survived there are people who have had COVID that are still experiencing complications and it's like we are really undermining the effects of COVID and how easily it could spread and I don't think people really care and it's sad to say that people just don't care unless they're directly affected which is not obviously the mentality that we should have because that's why we're still in this predicament but yeah like having that affect your mental health and then on top of having to deal with all the other people who are not listening you know the fact that you have to actually interact with those people who don't care and then you have to think to yourselves like i have to not only fight the battles in my mind but i literally have to fight in a respectful manner which is hard for the both of us yes because right? <laughs> we're both really sassy so that's just hard but like fight <laughs> in a respectful manner to really make sure that the other people are safe even though that they don't care
1: I was telling a friend this, that this is just like a global pandemic is very much one of those things where it is hard to, I guess, like have a perception of it. Like it's hard to acknowledge it and understand it unless it's personally affected you. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very much the issue with so many people that we see that are just thinking that all of this is a hoax is, you know, they haven't been personally impacted by it and good for them. Like, I'm glad their lives haven't been touched by it, but it makes it harder for them to conceptualize it and harder Mm -hmm. for them to understand it. It hasn't impacted them personally. Knowing that you have have to deal with
0: those kinds of people, what do you do to prepare yourself mentally before you go into work so
1: the majority of time that I work I open Mm -hmm. which means that I come in at 5 30 a.m and usually work (laughs) until either 9 30 or 11 because we have block scheduling right now so the nice thing about opening is that you have a whole 30 minutes while you're setting up the store without customers so I really love having that 30 minutes before the store is open to just kind of get my Myself in the mentality of work, you know, really like bring myself into work and kind of mentally set myself up for the day. I love the people that I work with in the morning. Like we have a lot of fun. We're all very sassy people. You would honestly love my morning coworkers. <laughs> We're all very sassy, and I think that definitely helps. Um, and we all look out for each other. Like if there is a day where there are just a lot of difficult customers and I'm on register and I just can't deal with it anymore, I know that whoever I'm working with will be like, okay, let's switch. Like you make drinks for a little bit, I'll be on register for a little bit. So we all watch out for each other and we all check in with each other just to make sure that we're okay and we're, you know, staying sane and doing what needs to be done. I like to blast some music on my drive to work to really get me energized and get me pumped up. And I think the thing that really helps me through it mentally is holding on to the regulars that we have that are amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, I just had a regular, he gets the exact same thing every single day, (laughs) and a month ago he shared the news with us that him and his wife had just bought a house and two weeks ago he shared the news with us that his wife is expecting a baby
0: wow Uh, Wow. yeah
1: so like having those connections with customers and having those relationships with customers who understand it and who get it really helps uh to stay sane and just know that there are people in your corner even if it doesn't feel like they're wrong it's
0: really humbling and it's just so awe-inspiring to know that one of the things that motivates you to work or, like, to show up for work are your, like,
1: loyal customers. I will also say another thing that helps, like, not just the regulars, but definitely, like, my co-workers, like, each other, I will say with wearing masks, we have gotten real talented with the nonverbal looks and... <laughs> Understanding <laughs> what each other's nonverbal looks look like. Um, and so it's nice to just be able to have a moment with a coworker where you just feel seen for a second and then mm-hmm. you can just go back to what you're doing. So I think that's really cool. It's, yeah,
0: it is very creative. What's like the most creative thing that you and your coworkers thought of?
1: So this might get us
0: in trouble. <laughs> Okay, we're not gonna disclose any names. You're not to disclose disclose the specific Starbucks location you're working at. So we're totally fine as long <laughs> as you don't say those two things.
1: I think we're gonna be chill. <laughs> I got you. We were just all feeling burnt out one day, and we decided that we needed a game. Like we needed something to make even the worst interactions feel worth it and feel like funny in a way. And so we came up with a bingo card. Um, what the heck? You guys oh. actually like created. What, or like you just mentally thought of would No, we created a full bingo card of the most common used phrases or questions that we have received. An entire row of it is dedicated to COVID and just how the store has changed in the wake of COVID. But that has honestly helped us so much because every hour and a half or something, you'll just hear someone laugh when. When customers leave, like, all right, got a full bingo line, like going for a blackout this shift, like and it, it makes it worth it. Like it just it makes it more amusing and lighthearted instead of getting down about all the negativity that happens, you can kind of look at it in a lighthearted way. So yeah, that's definitely helped us. That's definitely on brand with you though. Like you knowing, knowing you, that's
0: like definitely something. We would have done it at SLL if we all still worked together. 100%. Oh my yeah. goodness. That's what like why we vibe with each other so well. It's because you and I have had our own respective shares of just look. And yet as we're going through it, we still find creative ways, whether it's by ourselves or with other people, to find a way to make the bad not seem as bad. Not because we're ignoring it, but more so like we just don't want the bad to really affect ourselves. And that really ties into the mental health aspect because Because we just kind of got to go through our feelings. But that doesn't necessarily mean that just because we're going through something bad that we have to constantly feel bad or think bad thoughts all the time.
1: Right, definitely, definitely. So what do you do to Mm -hmm. decompress? It's been a few things. I normally, so I believe in driveway moments. I don't know if you really know what that is. You probably do. You've probably done them. But when you get home from a long day and the second that you pull into your parking spot, instead of getting out of your car, you just sit in your car for like 30 minutes on your phone before you actually go inside. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, literally, I will have those like driveway moments in the parking lot of my Starbucks and I will just get off of work. I usually make myself a drink before I go and then I'll just sit in my car for 20 minutes and scroll through the notifications I missed on Facebook or text my girlfriend back or watch a funny TikTok that someone sent me and then spend five minutes trying to figure out what music I want to listen to on my 20-minute drive home. So I'll typically do that to decompress. And then the nice thing about, I mean, it does sometimes suck to have a 20 to 25-minute commute to my job, but the nice thing about it is it definitely means that on my drive home, I have that 20 to 25 minutes to just listen to music, think about the day, think about the shift, mentally prepare for what I'm going to do when I get home and just kind of have those moments and then proceed with my day. Recently, I have been going over to my parents' house at least once a week, sometimes more than once a week, um, to bring my dad coffee, bring my sister coffee, just kind of talk with them for a few minutes, vent about my shift if I need to for a few <laughs> minutes, and then go back home. So yeah, that's definitely what I've been doing to decompress, and it is definitely very very helpful what i like about us is that we kind of check
0: up on each other and like what have you done this week for your mental health this is a question that we've asked ourselves ever since we've met each other in college we still follow up with each other whether it's through mostly through text because like i don't have snapchat anymore we really try to find ways to take care of our mental health and yeah like that driveway what was it called what was that method called like,
1: driveway moments
0: <laughs> yeah like i didn't even know that's what it was called but i just realized <laughs> i'm so guilty of
1: that i think i read this oh my gosh so i read this on tumblr i got the driveway moments thing from tumblr i think mm-hmm. but the thing that went along with it that i feel is just so relevant to that is cars it said like cars are a very transitional Space, Mm -hmm. So you're never going to be in your car with the same energy because you have a different energy as you're driving to work than you do when you're coming home from work. And you're able to like leave that energy in the car when you get out of the car to go to work or go home or whatever. And so I think that's why they're so nice. Like you just give yourself that driveway moment of putting your energy into those thoughts and feelings and then you just leave it in the car and proceed wow okay yeah i've never really thought about it like that but that's just so interesting because i'm just
0: visualizing it right now and it's it's so true i just literally visualize myself like going into my car and then putting all my energy there and then when i come back into it like you know how like you air out your car when you turn on your ac yeah. it's like basically you're just airing out that energy before you sit down it's like you open the sunroof mm-hmm. you open your doors it's like all right the energy you left there in the morning just air it out and then sit down again and just transfer all the other energy in there and then
1: just aired
0: out <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Wait, so if you don't mind me asking, I remember you told me that you were actually thinking about leaving your job, right? And were you referring to this job as in this Starbucks job or were you referring to another one?
1: I was referring to Starbucks and Oh, yeah, snacks. My... Okay,
0: this is the tea, you guys. This is
1: the tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so my last day is actually October 11th and it's been kind of sad telling regulars that especially because I mean not to brag but there are a couple regulars who are like you make my coffee the best and I'm like you know, i try really hard I really do but <laughs> it's been sad you know it's definitely been bittersweet like I definitely understand the reasons why I'm leaving and I think that it's the best decision for me and for my mental health mm-hmm. but I think With any job that you don't totally hate, uh, there's going to be a little bit of a bittersweet moment in leaving and in walking away from something. So, yeah, but I think with everything going on in the world and just the way that Starbucks is progressing forward in handling COVID regulations and things like that, it just became the safest choice for me and for my family, Mm -hmm. and just the most mentally healthy choice for me and my own personal well being. So, definitely not an easy choice, especially. Especially because I don't have a job lined up after this mm-hmm. so it really is just going to be applying to jobs full-time but I mean when a chapter is over a chapter is over and you have to close the book and move on um, and I think that that's just the point that I've reached with this. So like if you mm-hmm. don't mind me
0: asking, what led to that decision?
1: Yeah, so I think it's been coming for a while now, if I'm being totally honest. I mean, especially with, you know, interacting with the public throughout all of this and just the nasty comments I've received and the screaming and the getting cursed out and feeling and kind of feeling like you're kind of in a helpless situation. All of that combined has just kind of been pushing me to like, I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave. But it's always been like a, I want to. And then recently our district announced that they were moving towards opening seating and they plan to do that basically in our district by like end of October slash November. And I just had many concerns about how that's going to look, especially because we're still going to be requiring masks despite having tables inside. And so there were just a lot of concerns that were raised about that. And it just felt like the company, you know, I mean, any company, any corporation is going to feed into capitalism, which is just how the corporate world works. Um, And so it just started feeling like the concern was more so for customers rather than, sorry, the concern was more for customer comfort Mm. rather than partner safety. And I think the breaking point that I really hit was I had had a really rough shift and I was talking to my dad about how I was just being overworked, like working six days a week, all opens and not even getting the hours that I used to be getting. So like I'm working even more being paid even less and we're opening seating and so all of those things combined I was just venting to my dad about it and my dad is very much the type of person who's like you need to be making money you need to be making steps towards your future you need to be doing this this and this like he is very like career money future forward and it was him that actually looked at me and said why don't you just quit I know that that's a really tough thing for you to do right now I know that you don't really have anything lined up I know that everything financially is really uncertain, but this just isn't safe for you anymore. Like this just isn't an okay work environment for you anymore. And I realized after he said that, it was almost like him saying that gave me permission to really feel that. And so that's when I started feeling like, you know what, this really has been taking a toll on my mental health. I haven't been as happy as I normally am. I haven't been, I haven't really felt as like organized and in gear as I normally do. I've been feeling really anxious. Like my body has been reacting to the anxiety I've been feeling and it's just started taking a mental and a physical toll on me. And so I kind of realized when he said it like okay yeah I I need to leave. Like I need to quit. And I felt bad because we're going into holidays which is obviously our busiest time of year and we are currently very under or staff, and we don't really have that many hours to give people, which means that we don't really have a lot of hours to use to bring a new person on. And so it kind of felt like just a never ending, crappy situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all of that just made me be like, all right, yeah, I need to, I need to take a step back. And all of my friends who at the job with me were like, you know what, we get it. Like, we can't be mad at you. We definitely understand. Like, all of us feel the exact same way. And I realized, you know, the entire reason that I moved back to Georgia a year ago was to be closer to my family. And I take COVID really seriously. So I knew that the moment that we opened seating up in the cafe and people would be in our store for longer than five minutes I wasn't gonna let myself go see my family because I don't know what these customers are bringing in with them I don't know if they're asymptomatic carriers and I don't want to put my family at risk just because I'm being put at risk and so I think that that's what really did it for me was just realizing you know the second we open seating I'm not gonna let myself go visit friends and family because I don't want to be putting them at risk and the entire reason I moved back to Georgia was to visit friends and family and be closer to them so I just wasn't really prepared for a job to beat me down mentally overwork me and then also take away the reason that I moved back to Georgia mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah so it sounds like when you really thought about it or when you really took the time to talk about it too with your dad it sounds like the cons definitely outweighed the pros what I really admire about you is that you really stick creating a boundary but then following through with it like like for you mentally to say, okay, I'm here. Like I move back home because I want to spend time with my family and my friends. And then with the way that, you know, your, your job is changing things to affect the way you're seeing your family and friends. I like how you clearly thought, you know what, this is going to break my boundary and I'm not going to settle. Like I'm not going to compromise myself. I'm not going to compromise my mental health. I'm not going to compromise my physical health. Like this is not worth me compromising the boundary that I literally created for the situation and like i give you a lot of respect too because like you said wanting to quit especially when you have regulars like there's a lot of guilt in a sense because you don't want to like leave people that you've gotten so close to and you don't want to like leave your coworkers, knowing that generally you all are understaffed but then at the same time it's really great that they're respectful and understanding of your decision because in a sense it's not that you're being selfish but it's just more so like you know what is best for you right
1: and i definitely like i never want to be that person that leaves a job on bad terms Mm -hmm. because I mean one I feel like that's disrespectful to the people that you've spent time working with but also two like you never know when you might need that connection in the future so I never want to leave a job just on bad terms with people so I even told my manager two weeks ago like hey I just want to let you know this is a deep consideration that I'm having like I really am deeply considering putting in my two weeks And I just want you to be aware of that so that you can mentally start preparing to hire a new person in my place. And I knew that I definitely wanted to do this before the holidays came into full swing because nobody wants to train a new barista in the middle of holiday Mm -hmm. season. So I just kind of knew like if I'm going to do this, I need to do this now before holidays are in full swing, before they're really strapped to find a new person. This way they can have a person kind of train By the time we get into the full swing of everything, instead of just throwing someone into the mix of it. So, I definitely wanted to be considerate of my manager, but also of my coworkers and also of whoever comes in next.
0: How did it feel when you verbalized your thoughts and then when you
1: actually put into action? I think each person that I broke it to, it was a different feeling. Like when I told my favorite shift supervisor, I just call her my favorite because she's the only opening shift supervisor so we have almost every single shift together and are very close. Breaking the news to her was easy because she was super supportive of it. Like I had been sharing my doubts and my concerns with her for the past several weeks. Like we had been venting to each other. And so telling her, you know what, I'm making this decision was really easy because I knew that she would be supportive of me and I knew that she would understand. Breaking it to other coworkers was definitely hard. I've had a couple coworkers try Try to convince me to stay and be like, just only work like once a week. Like you could just work once a week. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, like that was definitely more challenging. I think it was the most nerve wracking to tell my manager, like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what I'm thinking of. So when I say manager, I'm actually referring to our assistant store manager, our manager, manager is on maternity leave right now. But when I told him, it was really nerve wracking. And I mean, he was supportive of my decision but it was terrifying to say the words out loud I think the person I was most nervous to tell though was our manager because I am super close with her I literally helped throw her a baby shower at our job like her and I are really close and so I almost felt like I was letting her down in a way especially because she's not going to be back until the end of November so a part of me like felt like I was kind of letting her down. But after I talked to her about it, we had like a 30-minute conversation about it. I just felt so validated and so seen and so heard by her that it definitely gave me a lot more confidence of like, okay, good, I'm doing what I need to do for me. The people in my life that this impacts the most understand and are supportive of it. And everything else doesn't really matter. I've been telling... A few of our regulars, I've been breaking it to them and that's been kind of bittersweet, but all of them so far have also been really supportive of, you know, you need to do what you need to do for yourself. So I'd say it's definitely been nerve-wracking and terrifying to say the words out loud, but it's been really val. but the response from people has been really validating. I think a terrifying aspect is, of course, the follow-up question that's always asked of like, oh, so what are you doing now? Like, what job are you moving on? to and the answer to that is I don't know like I have no idea what comes next I have no idea what comes after this I just know that I am ready to take that plunge and go wherever that journey will lead me that it was time to end the chapter on this job it's so refreshing to hear that even
0: though you wanted to leave and that you made the decision to leave it sounds so great to know that you have a healthy work environment internally. What stood out to me is when you said that you felt valued, you felt heard, you felt seen, and I don't think a lot of people really feel that way in their workplace in general. So the fact that you were able to find that within this workplace, even though you are leaving, I just think it's so great because it just shows how much of a positive impact these people have made With you, when I've left workplaces, it was mainly because of the people. It was either due to a leadership being very hypocritical and judgmental towards other people. My manager was very condescending to me and very disrespectful to me and like creating all these expectations but then kind of putting on this impression that i couldn't do the job you know and like that and then the fact that my commute was more than an hour it was like was is this even worth it so i just think it's really cool that your experience is different because it it brings a light to me that it is possible to leave a workplace even if your workplace isn't necessarily toxic it's so true how your mental health can really affect the way you look at your job or like the company that you work with and what I gave so much respect to you for is the fact that you were still so respectful as possible to those customers because you know me and like you know how I was (laughs) I love customer service like I love talking to people but the one thing I don't love is when people disrespect me because they think that the customer is always right and to an extent like the customer is right until they disrespect you and then at that point it's like all bets off like I fire me all already or I'll let
1: me just quit before I like catch hands you know like not dealing with this like I'm not gonna stand being disrespected. Honestly you know what's funny about that is my dad actually said something similar to me because he (laughs) how sassy I am and he was like you know I'm really impressed with the way that you're able to just handle these customers like especially when they're really rude and disrespectful to you and I think the biggest thing that has helped me with this is the fact that I was a psychology and counseling major True. (laughs) I'm able to like compartmentalize it and be like, they're not mad at you, they're mad at the situation, they're frustrated with change, like you kind of have to take it outside of yourself. But I think the other thing that really helps is just reminding myself, you know, just because they stoop to a low level doesn't mean that I have to stoop to a low level, like happiness is a choice. Mm -hmm. And obviously there are things that impact happiness for sure. But at the end of the day, happiness is – a choice and I can let this really rude really disrespectful customer get me down for the rest of my day or I can give it energy for a couple of minutes and then move on with my day and choose happiness and choose other things that make me happy of course on a daily basis it doesn't really make it any easier but it is <laughs> definitely a coping mechanism for mm-hmm. sure um, but I mean yeah no I definitely understand where you're coming from if there are just some customers that I just I question how they got this far in life um, and I question how no one has thrown hands at this person up until this point in their
0: life that's why I really admire you in the sense of how much patience you have because you and I we are very patient as people in general but I feel like my flaw like my toxic trait or a trait that can become toxic is my anger so like I can be patient but then once it hits like a specific threshold like i I'm done <laughs> so like with you like that's why our, like, our friendship works because you and I were both very sassy we're not afraid to speak our mind but then you've always kept me grounded throughout the times that we've worked together because my instinct, like when I'm mad I'm mad like there's nothing that's gonna calm me down I remember people would literally give me chocolate and coffee yes. because they just knew I was so bad but like that's why i really admire you because you're able to really ground yourself quickly when those situations happen and then for me it has to take so much more energy and time for me to really like okay is this really worth popping off on because i'm just so used to being a little hot head and like popping off <laughs> but, like one of the things i've been working on so far lately is figuring out like what is worth my mental health you know like what's really worth my energy because it's true like when you ultimately get to choose when you get to be be happy. You get to choose how you react to certain situations. And I admit that sometimes when there are situations that happen and I'm mad, I could choose to not be mad. But then sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Forget this. I'm mad and then i'm just like boom like, like i'm like you know anger from inside out i'm literally yeah. mad when i'm like mad it's like you press a little lever thing and then boom like all the steam comes out <laughs> of his head that's literally me but then you you're kind of more like joy where it's like i'm anger like oh let me try to control the control panel and then you're just like let l- let me let me handle this and i'm just like okay go ahead just just handle it and then at the end i'm like calm and i'm like oh okay you're right
1: good thing i didn't pop off you know like <laughs> It's so funny that you say that. This sounds so bad, but like in my mind this whole time, I'm like, that's a trauma response. And it really is. Like, I just, I have a hard time with anger, especially Mm -hmm. if it's directed at me. Mm-hmm. Like I just I shut down. Like I just if someone starts screaming at me, I just shut down. Like I cannot do anger. I I just have a hard time processing it. Mm-hmm. And so especially when I have situations where a customer is screaming at me or cursing at me, one, I kind of shut down and I'm not really able to get that mad anyway. But two, internally I'm also like, okay, what is screaming back gonna get me here? Yeah. Like just gonna make them more mad it's just gonna make them yell even more it's gonna put me in the wrong like what is the point of it like if I shut down I shut down like that's okay but I think the flip side of that is valid too you know I think everyone has that way that they process their emotions and and like I was telling you the other day I was like I really want my girlfriend to take the conflict style
0: (laughs) (laughs) we love all the assessments we took in student life and leadership like in college they work till this day so anyone who hasn't taken them has clearly slept on easy life lessons to make life so much more
1: easier like they've slept on on them 100% but you know with that everyone has their own way that they approach conflict and Mm -hmm. for some people it is to get mad and react right then in the moment and then have that moment of processing later and for other people it's to shut down and process and then maybe get mad later or maybe just brush it off later Um, but everyone has their own way of dealing with things that works the best for them and I think no matter like what your style with it is that is 100% completely valid
0: yeah and I really like how you brought up the fact that the way you respond to like the way that you respond to anger is a trauma response because that in itself is valid like I think that's why our friendship works or our friendship works well it's because from the very beginning when we got to know each other a little bit more that was something that you shared with me like from the beginning so that's mm-hmm. why with us like whether we were working or just like when we would vent to each other i would always think mindfully if you're nick if like you're physically in close proximity to me i would always make sure that if i'm mad or frustrated i didn't want to sound mad or frustrated to you what i like about us is that we've been very honest with each other from the very beginning of what has has traumatized us what triggers us so that when we do interact with each other we try to be as mindful as we can to not displace any negative emotions onto each other and what i really like about it when we vent to each other we always ask ourselves we ask one another like, are you a, like can i vent to you like not as in like a yes or no answer but more so like do you have the mental capacity right now for me to vent to you and i like right. that because with us like work obviously a lot of people don't like to talk about work because people don't want to see like their whole life is about work. But the thing is, sometimes you just need to de stress from work and you need to be able to talk about work, but also talk about it in a way where it won't occupy your mind 24 7. And I think with these conversations that we have, it really helps us kind of separate mental health from work, even though at times it can combine. And I think that's why we're able to feel confident and comfortable enough to know when it's time to leave a workplace when it's affecting our mental health.
1: Right. And I think too, like you you and I are very similar in the sense that we both need to talk things out to process them. And by talking things out and processing them, we're able to better move on from the situation or like reach closure with the situation and continue. And that's definitely something that... Has helped my mental health for sure. Is knowing that I can just text you and be like, "Hi, I'm dealing with some really stressful things." Can we talk soon, so I can just <laughs> like I just need to get it out, so I can like get it all out of my head. Yeah. And, and then we have
0: a time difference too, so that you'll be like, "I remember you texted me to like ask a question." You're just like, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's like still nighttime or like it's still <laughs> early morning." So like just ignore this. And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I did wake up later, but don't apologize for ever texting." me because i know we have a time difference but like you know me like i'll respond eventually it's not like i'm gonna ever like, leave you hanging it's just more so like we have a time difference but we know that when we text each other we're going to get to it in a timely yeah. manner that's the yeah. thing okay so before we you know close this episode what do you think like what do you want the people who are listening to it to really kind of leave with like what's the biggest lesson or biggest word of advice or just encouragement that you personally want to share with the listeners of this podcast, of this episode?
1: So I think something that I've really carried with me through college is something that one of our favorite mentors used to always say, Dr. Randy Tim. Oh, I love him. Um, He would love that man. What a legend. (laughs) Um, He would always say, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is especially relevant to everything happening right now, but it's true. The entire meaning behind it is, you know, if you are burnt out and you are getting Giving all of your energy and all of yourself to people and things in your life, you'll have nothing else To give. Like when you're empty, you're empty. You have to do things that fill you up. You have to do things that set boundaries. Um, You have to do things to recharge yourself, to refill your cup. And so I think it's really important to pay attention to your mental health and pay attention to the things that are filling your cup versus the things that are draining your cup and decide for yourself what you're going to give your energy to. And with the changing world right now that can be a lot more challenging But we're going to get through it and it's going to be difficult and everything seems really scary and everything seems really uncertain right now, but we are all going to come out on the other side of this and eventually, 20 years from now, when someone mentions the word 2020, you are able to just pour yourself a very strong drink and (laughs) reminisce on a challenging time, but a challenging time that you ultimately got through. So yeah, just keep doing what you're doing and do the things that fill your cup. Oh, I
0: love that. I like how it came to full circle because, no pun intended, I don't even know if this is a pun, but because you worked at Starbucks, like this cup is literally kind of like your little Starbucks cup, you know? (laughs) It's like we all have our own little Starbucks cup, tumbler, mug, whatever we want to call it, but it's so true that Wow, we just love Dr. Temp. But yeah, you can't pour from an empty <laughs> cup. And yeah, thank you so much, Marielle, just for your transparency, your vulnerability. Thank you for being able to share your experience as well as being down to collaborate with me on this episode. Like it's such an honor to know that people are not only listening to these episodes, but that my closest of friends are willing to collaborate because you know me, I love dialogue. Like I love having deep discussions. So I love the fact that I'm able to have that we're able able to figure this out because um, we were struggling for like the first 20 (laughs) minutes. But I'm so glad that we were able to kind of figure out how this was going to work through Zoom because it was always my intention to eventually bring on my friends, family, and loved ones onto like onto my podcast episodes because I want to be able to create this dialogue. I want people who want to get to know me or people who do kind of know me. I want them to understand what kind of conversations I have with my friends. That as much as we Mm -hmm. love sipping tea, we also (laughs) talk about actual deep stuff. Actually, like that's most mostly what we talk about we like it's like 10 10% tea 90% deep life stuff
1: (laughs) oh 100% honestly I just want to say thank you for having me on your podcast as a guest. I am incredibly honored and incredibly humbled to be able to share this space with you because you are absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And if anyone listening has not listened to the first several episodes of this podcast, first of all, where are you? (laughs) Second of all, what have you been doing? And third of all, clear your schedule for the next hour and a half and just listen to all of the episodes because Janelle is absolutely amazing and these episodes are absolutely amazing and so so thought-provoking and definitely worth a listen or five listens because I have definitely listened to episodes more than once
0: (laughs) thank you so much for allocating time in your day to listen to this episode I look forward to sharing another story of mine in the next episode stay tuned and in the meantime I hope you have a relaxing and productive day